Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard time. That's hard time. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. But the cream will rise to the top for oh yeah. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. I am the game, JR. Rest in peace. Had a little bit of fun making that one, but thank you guys so much for joining us on a special day for a special edition of the Hot Tag. And I am Jeff Watson. I am joined by the one and only Brandy Smith. Brandy, how are you this evening? I'm good, Jeff. I'm good. I hope everybody in the community is doing well. I heard that a community member has a birthday today, so happy that is birthday. Right. That is right, and I'm looking to see if they're in the chat. I don't see them yet, so I will keep an eye on the chat so we can make this thing uh, really cool and special for them. But, um, but yeah, we uh, we are live with all of you, and if you didn't get a notification, I apologize. I think Joe put that out on Twitter a little bit earlier, but uh, I know not everyone can uh, can kind of pay attention to Twitter all the time. So, uh, so I apologize for that, but, uh, we will get going with who we have here today. Um, let's see. I want to say hello to some folks in the chat. We've got James Chadwick, Mike Lister, Sonny Wolf, Creed, uh, Mario from Periscope. Nails is in here. So hello everyone. Um, still waiting on a couple people to join us, but, um, this week, we are discussing, oh, we've got Mr. Smooth. Happy birthday to him, I'm assuming, um, yes. because he's saying happy birthday to me. We also have another birthday shout-out as well, KJ Carter. Um, happy birthday, KJ. So, yes, we got a couple birthdays. Um, but, yeah, no, we've got uh, Mr. Smooth, Big Boy Dally, 
Sean Flagstaff. I, I've got to, I've got to make sure I differentiate our Sean's because we we've got like seven thousand. Um, <laughs> and Creed um, is are all here joining us tonight. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, really, really excited to uh to bring this episode to you guys and um brandy i guess i'm gonna just turn it over to you and uh if you could just tell our listeners here who we're discussing today i'm so excited about tonight's show baby let's get it started baby we're talking about the mouth of the south jimmy hart baby that is right we are talking about the mouth of the south himself jimmy hart and uh i i've I got a little creative with the uh, graphics here, and um, I've got like an 80s retro theme with a studio desk, an old school TV with dials, and um, I've got some purple and some 80s type colors going on. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I decided, you know, let's change things up a little bit and, uh, and, and you know, do this thing right. So, that um, is so Brand cool. yeah, so Brandy. Um, give us a little bit of a background on the one and only Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. First of all, I'm going to say that for a man who's on the downside to 80, he looks pretty much the same as he did in 1985. Um, Jimmy Hart was born in 1943, if you can believe it. And he is still going strong, baby. And yes, um, if you don't know about Jimmy Hart, he says, baby, every other word. <laughs> um, one of his biggest claims to fame is that in the 1960s, he um, and some friends, they began a band and they had a huge hit called Keep On Dancing. And it was higher on the charts than the Beatles at the time. Wow. They were. Yeah. Yeah, if you could, Jimmy Hart, yeah. And um, they were in a movie as themselves. Eventually, they broke up. And Jimmy Hart got into wrestling because of Jerry the King Lawler. They had attended the same high school. Jimmy Hart was born in Mi Mississippi, but ended up spending a, a good bit of his time in Memphis. And so the King got him into wrestling. Uh, he was a manager for the King and then, and then they broke up and, and, uh, Jimmy started, you know, wrestling and managing others. Yes. Jimmy Hart wrestled. I did not know that I was shocked. Quite frankly, <laughs> I was shocked. I can't imagine Jimmy getting the one, two, three on anybody, but, <laughs> but I'd love to see it. Um, this is huge. Uh, I know a lot of the younger people in our chat won't have heard about this, but if you go back and watch, I believe it's 1998, 1999, a movie called Man in the Moon with Jim Carrey. It's about a comedian from back then named Andy Kaufman. And Andy Kaufman loved wrestling. And he decided that he wanted to start this storyline with Jerry Lawler. And... Jimmy Hart was the manager of Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman was famous for uh, Taxi. He was famous for being just this unusual character who 
lived lived his gimmick pretty much and so he decided that he would go down to memphis and teach those rednecks you know how how you should behave and jimmy hart was his manager so if you guys aren't familiar with that storyline it was huge for the time it was huge for jerry the king lawler it was huge for andy kaufman and also for the mouth of the south mr jimmy hart you know some of those promos back then some of those matches were just absolutely fabulous and that's documented in the movie i referenced earlier um jimmy hart would manage while in memphis and in awa um so many people that that he would end up having you know um relations with in the future uh jim v jim the anvil nightheart um like I mentioned, he, he managed Jerry the King Lawler. He managed, oh gosh, um, just so many people. Um, I know, I know I have yeah. a picture here where he was, uh, with, uh, Brett and yep. Jim, the, uh, Anvil, yep. the, uh, Hart Foundation. So, and he, he was also AWA Southern champion before he ends up in the WWE. Jimmy Hart was a wrestling champion. Um, wow. So he, he stays in Memphis in the AWA for about seven years. Then he gets the opportunity to move to up north, as they call it, with the WWF at the time. And his real first event was WrestleMania one. Now, I can't imagine going into the WWF and getting started on some house shows, but nope, Jimmy got started WrestleMania one. So he, he is managing Jim, the Anvil Nightheart, And then this 1985, um, Bret Hart comes in, he starts to manage them. They call themselves the Hart foundation. And for a while it was thought that they couldn't use that name because there was another organization called the same thing. So Jimmy came up with the idea, well, we'll just still, we'll just change the spelling. And so the Hart Foundation came into existence. Jimmy Hart won a battle royal in Madison Square Garden around this time. Jimmy Hart won a battle royal. Let me just say that twice to, to get it wow. through everybody's head. Yeah, and won a $50,000 prize at Madison Square Garden. Wow. So I definitely want to go back and look up some of the, some of the stuff where, where he's actually in the ring. He became this iconic manager fairly quickly. No matter who he was managing, he would match his outfits to theirs. Uh, he had the megaphone where he would kind of yell out to his wrestlers, you know, this is what you should do, or he would use it to heckle the opponents. He famously used the megaphone to get on Gorilla Monsoon's nerves. But it, it's a huge testament to his character that he had something different for, for every team, for every person. He managed the Honky Tonk Man, so he would have a special outfit for them. He would have a special outfit for the Heart Foundation. Specifically, I remember this jacket he had with hearts all over it. Um, and so he's managing... The honky tonk man at a point 
where, you know, he's intercontinental champion and he's, you know, having these amazing feuds with Randy Savage and he, Jimmy Hart eventually will go on to manage the nasty boys. Um, And you go back and, and look at some of these promos from this period of time where, you know, Gene Okerlund's got the mic and, and he's talking to, to these guys and Jimmy, you know, is, is kind of the, the mouthpiece for them. And they're absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And in this time, you also have other managers, like we talked about last week. We talked about Sherry Martell. You have Bobby the Brain Heenan in this era. You have um, Mr. Fuji. So it, it's really a great time to not only have a valet by your side, but to have somebody in your corner that can be a mouthpiece for you and that can hopefully interfere in your matches. And so Jimmy was able to do that. He was able to take bumps. Yeah. Yeah, he he was able to uh, to do all of that. And <laughs> I just keep thinking about him being involved in all the different promos and I know hearing that voice. That I mean, it's such a distinct voice. Yes. Um, but here, so here's another thing that I want to make sure that people understand. Um, could you talk a little bit about the, uh, I know you talked a little bit about his music career, but how, like how he used that in the world of professional wrestling. Jimmy Hart was not just a manager. He wasn't just a wrestler. He was a musical genius. And so, you know, there's a lot of theme songs people think came from Jim Johnston. Well, no, they came from Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart did the, the honky tonk man's theme song. He did, uh, the Hart Foundation's music. He's re- most famously, I believe, responsible for uh, Shawn Michaels' Sexy Boy. And Jimmy did sing it originally. He did the Nasty Boys theme song. He worked on Hulk's music. Um, and also, while I mentioned Hulk, behind the scenes, he's involved with Hulk in real life, okay? He's Hulk's real-life manager outside of wrestling. And so... That's why, you know, you see Hulk go somewhere, Jimmy's going to follow. He wasn't Hulk's manager until later on, till closer to their end with WWE. And it was when Jimmy Hart had turned face. Um, He managed Brutus the Barber Beefcake. He did Brutus's music. So, and had influence on so many other people's music as well, you know, uh, sitting around in production meetings, you know, throwing this idea see if it sticks to the wall you know so he's 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 just he's incredible and I don't think I've ever seen the guy in a bad mood on any wrestling show that I've seen on any promo that I've seen I absolutely love Jimmy Hart in Wrestling House um, that came out in 2014 it's on the WWE Network if you want to have a good time and don't know what to watch, go back and watch that because you learn so much about about some of our greats from the past. You really do. And there are people in this show that are no longer here. And just seeing Jimmy in his natural habitat is, is priceless. Um, Jimmy Hart was mostly a heel manager. Like I said, he was he was with uh, the Honky Tonk Man. He puts together Rhythm and Blues, who is the Honky Tonk Man and, and 
and uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. I don't, I don't think Valentine really wanted to be a part of that package. It didn't last very long. <laughs> um, but Jimmy also would play Peggy Sue, Honky Tonk Man's girlfriend, every once in a while. I guess when Sherry was not available, <laughs> Jimmy did it. Uh, he eventually... Um, he turns face shortly before he and Hogan leave the WWF. Um, and he manages to protect Brutus. Brutus the Barber Beefcake needed Jimmy Hart's protection against another tag team. Let, let's process this for a minute. Um, Jimmy also managed to DiBiase. He managed Money, Inc., I don't know yes. if you guys remember Money, Inc., but Money, Inc. was Ted DiBiase and our podcast's favorite father, Mike Rotunda, who is the father of Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. That's right. Yeah. So, and and li- listen, I, I'd have I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Mika Rotunda. Um, yes. Because she's awesome. And I'll shut up now before people start putting two and two together because yes, I think she's beautiful, but I I'll, could, I'll I stop could, there. I cannot remember her name. So I apologize. Um, <laughs> he, he also, he, he managed the nasty boys. He had a lot to do with their music. He also, I, I didn't mention this earlier. And I apologize. He, he did music for dusty roads as well. Um, NWO he did music for. And famously there's a, a match I believe it was between Honky Tonk Man and Brutus Beefcake, and this is when Jimmy Hart was still a heel, where Brutus cuts Jimmy's hair. Oh, yeah. So if you guys want to go back and look that up and watch Jimmy get his hair cut. So Hogan leaves the WWF. And as I said before, he's he's outside of, of the ring. He's, he's Hogan's real-life manager. So he goes along with Hogan and Hogan does this show called Thunder in Paradise. To I me it's a wrestling it's a wrestling version of Baywatch. Yes. <laughs> and quite literally, yes. Yes. And Jimmy makes several appearances in that show as well. And then they move on to WCW. Jeff, is there anything you want to talk about before we move on to WCW? So uh, yeah, before before we go there, um, who are some of the people in WWE? I know you've mentioned a lot, but who, if you could give me two to three people who were like your favorite pairings with Jimmy Hart and whoever those people were for you? Okay, the Hart Foundation, absolutely, because you know everybody knows that Jim the Anvil did not have the greatest mic skills. The laugh was iconic but he did not have the greatest mic skills. And we know at this point that Brett didn't really either. You know, Brett didn't come on into his own until the 90s for me. So he, Jimmy Hart was the perfect pairing for them. And, of course, that his last name was Hart, you know, just fit right in. Um, I really loved that. I loved how he could interfere in their matches because you have to remember in the beginning, they were heels. They were not baby faces. And I think a lot of people, when they think about Bret Hart, especially, they think about him as a face in the 90s and him as a heel in the 90s. But as the, as the tag team, they were, they were definitely heels at first. 
as much as I don't want to say it, I don't, I don't, I agree with Eric Bischoff. The best day would be to fire Honky Tonk Man over and over again. But his pairing with Honky Tonk Man was really great. Yeah. Yeah, um, it really was. And um, Nails shouts out the uh, natural disasters. I was just, Nails, you're reading my mind. I was just about to mention that. <laughs> John Tenta, who was Earthquake, came out of the crowd one night where um, Ultimate Warrior is having a push-up contest with an opponent. And Jimmy Hart brings John Tenta out. And this is a 400 pound plus man. And they're saying, okay, well you sit on the backs of these two and see how they do with the push-up contest. And so earthquake, who's John Tenta, you know, he became uh, a fixture in the WWE. He was paired with tugboat who eventually became (laughs) um, typhoon. And so they were the natural disasters and Jimmy Hart managed them. And, Eventually, the interesting thing to me about that is their heel tag team. But eventually, he ends up managing Hogan at the end. But the interesting tie-in to me with that is that Earthquake was huge in everybody thinking that Hogan's career had ended because he does. He does. I don't remember what they called it, but the the uh, the kind of Earthquake splash is what I think, where he kind of jumps up and looks like he's sitting on you. And he famously did that to Hogan and they had this huge write-in campaign about, you know, send messages to Hogan and tell him you want him to get well. And this was around the time I think he was starting Thunder in Paradise. So he needed to take some time off and an earthquake is how they made that happen. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. that was, those are some awesome, awesome uh, names there. And I mean, just hearing, <laughs> obviously earthquake and tugboat i really enjoyed him with uh with the natural disasters yeah. a lot uh, james chadwick says the heart foundation nasty boys and natural disasters for him yep um here's a question from mike lister he asked did jimmy hart manage the twin towers i'm not sure I'm not sure i know he was a part of big boss man's career but i i couldn't find anything about that i wouldn't be surprised it could have been bobby heenan it you know what you know what at that point it may have been slick uh because when big boss man first came out he was managed by slick so it could have been slick at that point that where we have the twin towers um also jimmy uh managed the mountie oh if you guys don't remember the Mountie, go back and look at it. Speaking of Big Boss Man, there's this match between the Mountie and Big Boss Man. And whoever loses has to spend the night in a New York jail. So I might remember that. Yeah, I remember that too. So you guys go back and check that match out. Um, the Mountie was actually one of the Rougeau brothers. And uh, Jimmy Hart managed them as well. I am so remiss in not saying this earlier. Jimmy Hart managed the Funk brothers. Yes. during a short stint in in wwf so That's right and uh that earthquake splash was called the earthquake splash we've had uh, that would nails make a lot and, of sense <laughs> we've had uh we've had nails and james tabwick uh confirm that uh nails says that she googled and can't find him uh can't find the twin towers with him 
Um, so it could be that he did not. I, it might have been uh, the brain. I, I I think it might have been Bobby the brain. He did. Um, and we'll get to him eventually, you guys. Don't oh worry. yeah. Listen, we we cannot. I mean, absolutely cannot cover managers or valets without at some point covering Bobby the Brain Heenan because absolutely the man was just absolutely brilliant at everything he did from commentary to you know just the psychological approach of of everything um, when he was managing folks. So. So yeah, we we're going to definitely get to Bobby the Brain, but yeah, today we are covering the mouth of the South. So, uh, Brandy, let's talk about his uh, venture down south to the ATL and uh, to uh, World Championship Wrestling, or as Ted Turner called it, wrestling. Yes, he he went to WCW, baby. WCW. Uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> He, he comes in and he's managing Hogan off the bat, which which really is a good business deal because he's managing in, in real life. So um, he manages Hogan in his first title defense against Ric Flair. And this is where we have a really interesting tie-in from last week. Because if you remember, Sherry managed Ric Flair during this match. So you have two of the all-time great managers on the outside and two of the all-time greats inside the ring. And so that would bring Hogan his first world title in WCW. Yes. Just and just process that, you guys. I you know, have Jimmy and Sherry on the outside and Ric Flair and Hogan on the inside. It's crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, Twin Towers were managed by Slick. This is from our friend James Chadwick. So thank you. One James. for the ginger snap. That's right. So slick. We and you know what? We might actually have to. We we've been talking about maybe covering slick. We yep. we might be able to uh to to do a few of the more obscure managers that you know maybe weren't as big to some. I mean, I know I love slick, but Me too. Uh, we we may do a an episode where we combine some folks. We'll we'll let you guys know. But um okay so so we're at the point now where. Hogan is the world heavyweight champion in WCW. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, okay. So now let's let's go let's go forward in, in WCW and talk a little bit more about uh, Jimmy. He also would continue to manage the Nasty Boys in WCW when they headed south. Also, um, <laughs> the Booty Man, Zodiac, yes, Beefcake, whatever you want to call him. The the, re, the repackaged guy. That's what we'll call him. Yeah, he got repackaged he more than some bad deli meat at a grocery store. He went through a few changes down south, yes. Um, I, I don't think he managed Honky Tonk Man and WCW, but I think Honky was only there for maybe a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. He he was instrumental, like I said, in writing some of the music for the NWO. Although I do not believe that he was an actual member of the NWO. If he had been, that would have been funny. Can you imagine Jimmy Hart in the in the in the red and black or the black and white? I'd love to see him uh, alongside Eric Bischoff at that time. Oh and, my uh, goodness! Yes. Yeah, I mean, just those two. I mean. Yeah, that would have been 
Yes. <laughs> it would have been so wonderful. But uh but yeah, I mean he he did I mean he's done so yes. much. And the famous booking committee of WCW Jimmy Hart was a part of from time to time. Yeah. He also was the manager of the Dungeon of Doom. Ooh. You talked you talked about the dungeon when you talked about Kevin Sullivan. Um yes. yeah. So Kevin could have wolf, managed it wolf, himself. Major wolf. But but Jimmy Hart was the manager of the Dungeon of Doom. He and Hulk split apart uh, famously when he decides he's going to turn on Hogan and manage the giant who we all know as the Big Show. And James Chadwick just shouted that out. So you you know what? Everybody is in everybody's mind today, and I I love it. I absolutely love it. We're psychically connected. <laughs> yeah, it, but I can completely understand the pairing of Jimmy Hart and the Giant because he he was young to the business at this point and he needed a mouthpiece. Yes. You know, I, I don't think he really got pretty good on the mic until his WWE days. So in WCW, I, I love the pairing of the Giant with Jimmy Hart. I love it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you, you think about it, and, spe and especially if those of you who don't know as much about um, Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show, about his journey into wrestling, he was he was honestly a, a really good basketball player uh, here in South Carolina. And, um, you know, after he went to college, I believe he went to Wichita State and played basketball there after that was over. Um, he had to find something to do and you got a big guy like that and you're working out in a gym, uh, and you just happen to run into Hulk Hogan and all these other people in the gym. Guess what? Guess what, brother? They're going to say, they're going to say, come down and let's take some bumps. Let's do this thing. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's really how he got into the business and, mm -hmm. um, just absolutely, I mean, some of the story, I mean, some of the stories that you hear about the connections, especially for uh, Jim Crockett promotions, WCW, NWA, some of these things that you hear are just absolutely, I mean, just crazy. I mean, you think about the interview we did with Nikita Koloff and he talked about his quote unquote training where he sent a picture. Well, no, he didn't even send a picture. He just showed up one day in Charlotte to see Jim Crockett. They told him to shave his head and he he learned how to wrestle by going into squash matches and then coming back out to the ring and being there with Ivan um, to watch them do their thing. So, I mean, you just think about some of these stories from back in the day. And then obviously someone like Jimmy Hart, who we've learned in this episode, was actually an in-ring performer. So, I mean, yes. you know, you just think about some of those things. And he would wrestle at house shows. And, and two, talking about talking about the Giant, he trained at the power plant. Goldberg trained at the power plant. So you yep. think about, you know, how many of these people um, just get their start in the same place. It's mind-boggling. And we're talking about music. I forgot to mention this. Jimmy Hart had, had some say in, uh, in Sting's music as well. Yep. So... He, he he was really a jack of all trades. He could manage, he could bump, he could be on the booking committee. He could, you know, he could help wrestlers with their theme music, with their look. 
Um, so he, he, a lot like Sherry, was was just a, a jack of all trades. Absolutely. He absolutely was. So what, Brandy, what was your favorite WCW moment for Jimmy Hart? Oh, my goodness. I know that's a tough question. I'll give you, I'll give you mine. Okay. One of my favorite moments was when Hulk Hogan first arrived mm-hmm. in WCW, and they have the big parade, and you see yep. him and Hulk, you know, in the car riding down the street and just that being mobbed. At Disney, by the yep, way. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. It happened at Disney. You just see them being mobbed by all the fans as they're going and. It was a big deal. I mean, honestly, at that point in time, uh, up to that point, I mean, yeah, you had Ric Flair in WCW and you had Sting and you had the the Horsemen and all of them, but you never had someone that was a generational icon. I mean, I, now I would tend to disagree with that because I think Ric Flair is that, but also I realize that I'm biased because of where I grew up. But someone that did for the business what Hulk Hogan did and you see them you know, when people think that the career is over and he makes this huge jump to WCW and it was just an amazing uh, jump from, from WWF yes. at the time to WCW and it just shifted the uh, professional wrestling landscape. Absolutely. Um, I think I loved when he turned on Hogan because it was something you wouldn't expect, you know, knowing that they had been together at different times in the WWF and in WCW. And you think he's he's this essential part of Hogan as a performer, as a wrestler, and he turns on him. And I I think turns are always so much fun, especially when you don't see them coming. And I think that's one of those that, that you didn't see coming. Right. And he remains loyal to WCW, you know, completely until the end. Completely yep. until the end. He's with them until the end. He um, he would even wrestle a couple times for WCW towards the end there. And after the unfortunate demise of WCW, Jimmy gets together with a few wrestlers, a few investors, and they start the XWF. And it was believed at the time that this would be a replacement for WCW. So he's he's a manager in this organization that he helped start. Uh, I believe he also wrestled for this organization. It would not last for long, however, and he makes a couple of appearances in TNA. He starts a female organization that's more comedic than wrestling, but um, it's pretty successful from what I understand. He goes back to the WWE um, with a Legends contract. He's on, you know, Hogan's birthday special. He's on, it it was, I think it was a Legends Smackdown he was on. Um, And then, of course, I mentioned Legends House. And then I think I think you really get to understand some of the things that Jimmy Hart was famous for. Uh, behind the scenes, he was famous for being a very unusual eater. <laughs> <laughs> I think at some point they they ask him um, on Legends House what he's eating, and he's like beans and taters, beans and taters, baby. <laughs> and he yes yes, 
and he um he's a partner in um I believe it's Hogan's uh, Beach Shop franchise. I think Hogan has two or three. He mm-hmm. also was famous for starting uh, Jimmy's Tiki Deck and Bar, which was famous for having canned beer in the WWE Network. <laughs> and, of course, beans and taters. So, you know, he's done a lot to continue to make himself successful to this day. And being still being a huge impact on the WWE today as well. Absolutely. I mean, he, and that was going to be my next question. I mean, what do you think his, his legacy is uh, not just for WCW and WWE, but just professional wrestling in general? Well, he's a hall of famer with the WWE. He's a wrestling observer, hall of famer, uh, manager of the year several times, with um the observer and wpi i'm sorry pwi and um you know i think for wcw i think he's going to go down as as one of the best managers they ever saw certainly you know for me wcw paulie dangerously i loved you know jimmy and wcw i loved sherry and wcw i loved you know bobby the brain you got more in commentary than you did as as manager but you can think of of different people who came from the wwf to wcw and you can you can think of some people who really bombed and some people who really did great and i think jimmy's one of those and he also continued with the outrageous outfits the megaphone the sunglasses everything in um in wcw as well but i mean honestly with with jimmy hart it it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a Jimmy Hart appearance without some type of interesting getup that he had on. I mean, Absolutely. the jackets, the the megaphone was always decked out. Um, I mean, you name it, he had it. Um, Want to shout out uh, Monica King for joining us. Hello, Monica. Uh, Jesse Callen, Callen Corner, how are you? Hello, Jesse. Um, yeah, thank you guys for joining us. Um but yeah, this um as far as legacy, I think Jimmy's not going to be remembered as a wrestler. He's not going to be remembered as a battle royal re- winner. He's going to be remembered, I believe, for his musical talent, how he transcended that from a teen idol in the 1960s to the amazing work that he did in the wrestling world. I also think he's going to be remembered for the Andy Kaufman angle. I mean, people still talk about this angle to this day. It's probably the most famous angle that Jerry Lawler was involved in. Um, so, you guys, if you if you really want to see something unusual, if you really want to see something different, if you really want to see amazing dynamics, go back and look at some of the promos and, and the matches from, from the Andy Kaufman-Jerry Lawler feud and how Jimmy Hart was involved in that. There's this huge, uh, famous... David Letterman spot where you have Kaufman and you have Lawler there, you know, for the show. And I believe it was Jerry who, who even tried to do something with Letterman. And that was just a huge, huge clip, a huge thing for the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we've got a, we've got a Joe alert in the house. We've Joe. Got Joe joining us. Hey, Joe. 
Joe. We're we're having a lot of fun talking about the one and only mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Huge Absolutely icon fantastic. of the eighties. Yeah, and Sean Flagstaff says just go watch the Letterman spot. Yeah. Yes. I I agree. I mean, I just saw. Um, if you guys haven't yet, there's a new um, Broken Skull sessions with uh, Steve Austin and Jerry the King Lawler. I did and not they actually, know that. Yeah, yeah, and they actually uh, actually cover that at length in that episode. So uh, it, because he talks about how he was in uh, Man on the Moon. Um, the mm-hmm. documentary, not the documentary, but the uh, biopic about mm-hmm. Andy uh, Kaufman. So, if you guys don't know a lot about that, just if you can go check out um, that Broken Skull session on the WWE Network. I I absolutely loved it. I love um, love how in depth Jerry got about the whole situation. He talked about how <laughs> he talked about their match. And how um, when he when he had Andy down on the mat, they had worked out the spot in the back, and Andy didn't you know give he didn't get the the cue, and he just kept laying there, and the referee <laughs> kept going back and forth, and he finally comes to Jerry and he's like well, he's not getting up, and Jerry said well he's got to, and then he goes back to Andy and Andy says I want an ambulance to take me out. And then Jerry says, well, I can't afford an ambulance. And the referee <laughs> goes back and uh, talks to Andy. And then, and then the referee comes back and talks to Jerry. And uh, the referee tells him, Andy says he'll pay for it. So <laughs> so that's why that spot ended up the way that it did. But, yeah, it was just that. absolutely fantastic. So, so yeah, if you guys don't know a lot about that era and uh, or what we're talking about right now, Go check that out uh, because, yeah, that's absolutely a phenomenal, phenomenal story that uh, Jerry told about that. So, so yeah, um, it was it was just so funny because the way he told him, he was like, Andy says, yeah, I'll pay for it. <laughs> that's and to hilarious. me, that's, that's a part of Memphis wrestling where, where Memphis wrestling was at its highest. And Memphis wrestling is one of the last holdouts in the territory days to um, – to just really not fall to Vince. I mean, they, they stayed open as long as they could. And, you know, you're talking about the Kaufman match with Lawler. And that's just, to me, that's the heyday of Memphis wrestling. Absolutely. Jimmy, I think will also be remembered for his work with Hogan. The fact that he's still a huge part of Hogan's life now. Uh, I think Eric Bischoff has even said, you know, a few times how important Jimmy is to Hogan's life. Um, and you know, the, the fact that they, that they still do business ventures together now and the fact that Hogan, I believe, is still under a Legends contract with WWE, so is, so is Jimmy Hart. So Jimmy Hart's, he's, this guy's 77 year old, years old, guys, and he's still out there. Still you know, he, he may die doing something in the wrestling business, just like Vince. I think Vince is going to die in his office, you know, and, and you could argue that, that Ric Flair will probably go out doing something wrestling related as well. Um, so I, I don't necessarily believe that his contributions to the business have ended. No, you know, not at you, all. you can talk about his legacy, but, you know, it, I'm sure that Jimmy Hart has more to give. Be it 
you know, giving advice to to young talent or musically or just sharing the person that he is. You know, I, I don't necessarily know that his, his legacy has ended. Certainly, he will be remembered for Legends House. WWE, here's a hint. If you want to do another one, I'm all about it. But he he got to be a part of this wrestling experiment that I think went really well. And he's still around, and, and so many people that were in Legends House are gone now. That's true. And and I I think you you really get to see part of Jimmy Hart that you wouldn't have seen otherwise because he's one of those who does not share his personal life, much like Sherry didn't share her personal life. Um, You know, I I never knew that that he had a daughter who passed away until Legends House. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's I mean, he's another one of those that you knew very little about other than his wrestling persona. Yeah. We got some questions coming in. You ready to take some questions? Yes, sir. And let me mention this too. I believe that there's a Legends with JBL episode where JBL interviews Jimmy Hart, and that was outstanding mm-hmm. as well. Yes. Yes. So, our first question is from Mike Lister. He asks Which modern day superstar do you think would benefit from Jimmy managing them? <laughs> Brock Lesnar. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh my God. When Jimmy being a heel and Brock, oh, that would crack me up all day long. Now, um, who else would I love? Uh, you know, maybe Samoa Joe. Ooh. I think that would be interesting. Uh, I'd love to see him with some of the women too. Like, you know, he could he could do something with Dana Brooke. Absolutely. Um. You know who I'd really love to see him with? Who? Oscar. Oh, good Lord. Can you imagine the language <laughs> barrier between Jimmy's Southernese and Oscar's Japanese? Oh, my God. That's goodness. exactly why I'd like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly why I'd like to see it. Oh, Sean Flagstaff says uh, Bobby Lashley, although the hurt business has been good, I agree. I think. Um, I think it would be really cool to see Bobby kind of go through some different stuff, but, um, you know, but managing the new day. Oh, wow. Just, just as a hype man, he doesn't need to talk for any of them. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, um, James Chadwick says Zicky dice would be great with Jimmy. I, I agree with that. Zicky Dice, I mean, that whole gimmick that Jimmy Zicky Dice has. Jimmy may be too happy for that guy. I don't know. I'd lo- No, I'd love it. I think they could both be outlandish together. <laughs> Orange Cassidy. Jimmy Orange. and Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Can you imagine the outfits that Jimmy would come up with? Oh, my gosh. He'd just wear, he would just wear an orange suit. <laughs> like an orange creamsicle yes. suit. Yes. With like a creamsicle yes. megaphone. That's have, yeah. I have oranges on the megaphone. That'd be great. Yeah, that that yeah. <laughs> Freshly squeezed, written on one side of it. I can Absolutely. see it now. Yeah, Zicky. Yeah, Zicky is. He's an upbeat guy. I think that'd be a perfect pairing with Zicky Dice. I mean, honestly, the promos and having you know Jimmy like right there, kind of. 
you know, backing them up would be cool. James mm-hmm. Chadwick says uh, Cesaro, maybe. Uh, Eric Buchanan says our truth. You um, know what? That was talked about. It was teased. There was yes. a SmackDown that Jimmy was on, and it was teased that he might manage our truth, and it never came to fruition. That would crack me up, especially if Jimmy comes out rapping with our truth. Can or or he gives our truth the megaphone, and and our truth is rapping, and Jimmy's in the background, you know, like head bopping and and yeah. mouthing the words or something. That would be awesome. I'd love it. I'd love it. Mike oh, Lister says so cool. uh, Keith Lee. Um, Nail says Private Party from AEW would be fun. Yeah, yeah these are some yeah. really good ones. Yeah. So, uh, anybody else have any other questions? I know we. I forget which show this. I think it was Tuesday when we did our Impact stream. We probably spent forty minutes just fantasy booking different things. So, um, but yeah, if you guys had okay, um, let's see. Jimmy Joe Hart says. Interesting. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Joe asked, who's the guy in WWE with the gu- guitar? Yeah, that's Elias. Um, and Joe said, perfect for Jimmy Hart. Elias, uh, that wouldn't be bad. That, no, that wouldn't be. I like it. Good shout. I could see I could see Elias coming down saying, who wants to walk with Elias? And me, baby, Jimmy me. Hart, me, baby, me. <laughs> Me. I got you, brother. It's me. I'm right behind you, Daddy. Absolutely. Uh, All day long. I would love to see Jimmy on commentary. Can you imagine what you can do with a two or three man booth? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Absolutely. (laughs) Nell says, who should he hand his megaphone over to? There is nobody. There is nobody right now. There is nobody. Yeah. I Yeah, I'm trying to think of who, like, right now in the business. And, I mean, Paul is in a whole other class of his own. Paul Heyman. Um, I don't think the dynamic would work with Paul. No. 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 I, I, don't, I don't see anybody right now. I'm getting I'm getting props for my impressions. Like I I don't do a whole lot of impressions. I'm I'm limited in that. I can't but. do it like Jeff, you guys. I try, <laughs> but I can't do it like Jeff. I appreciate the compliments. Um I, my voice is gonna be dead later because I did that. So um Nell yeah. says Sammy Zane. Oh wow. Oh wow. Yes. <laughs> Yes, she says Sammy screeching into a megaphone would be brilliant. <laughs> um, the only person I can think of him maybe passing it to if if Bruce Pritchard wanted to come back out and be a part of, you know, an event or something. I could see I could see Bruce with the megaphone. I know a lot of you don't like Bruce. I'm a Bruce fan, but yeah, I could see Bruce with the megaphone. Yeah. Um Eric Buchanan says the only person he could hand his megaphone over to is a clone of himself, but even that clone would not do as good as him. Maybe even our truth. You know, we talked about them being together yeah. earlier. Maybe even our truth. I would love to see our truth transition into a manager and, and be, you know, and be that type of mouthpiece for younger yeah. talent. I'd love, I'd absolutely love to see that. 
and he has such excitement about about who he is and his character and he's just he just always seems to be in a good mood and jimmy's kind of the same way so i could see that <clears throat> i yeah. can see that absolutely can you um, imagine him with aj styles oh that'd be a good throwback yeah that'd be like a really good throwback there yeah um now it says truth with talking to the wrong end um yes and that's why i would like to see it. that's happen. why it would be great <laughs> absolutely that would be comedic gold sunny wolf says corbin with the microphone oh my god um <laughs> you know yes, that it monkey covering eyes emoji that's how i feel about jimmy hart with baron corbin <laughs> <laughs> mike lister Mike Lister says Jimmy Hart managing Nia Jax and Shayna. There you go. That would be pretty cool. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. I just, I would love to hear Jimmy go, we're iconic. Oh, Lord. (laughs) That, that pairing would be hilarious. Absolutely. Like, what what did you just say, Jimmy? What was that? <laughs> Nothing, that baby. I don't know how to be from Australia. Nothing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, I want to see a commercial of Jimmy advertising the WWE Network because he has, you know, in the past when he had his bar and tiki deck and he'd, be say, he'd say, you know, we've got the network, baby. We've got the network. Join the Come WWE down. Network, yeah. baby. Yeah. Only nine ninety nine a month. Oh, Come on. Yes, it would be absolutely fantastic. Yes. Please tell me not to do that again because my voice, like, I'm serious. My throat is going to kill me later. I'm <laughs> not going to be able to talk this weekend. You have no idea what laughter you're giving me right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. My my throat already hurts just from doing that a couple times. I, so. I would like to see have some... <laughs> I would like to see Jimmy have some influence on the music right now. I know a lot of it yeah. has like a rock or a rap kind of vibe. I want to see a little throwback. So I, I would love yeah. to, to have Jimmy have some, some influence on on some of the music. I really Absolutely. would. Absolutely. I mean, he he's so, I mean, he's so influential and has been with all the music. I mean, you, we could, we could go back and good Lord. I see. I knew I backed myself into a corner when I did this. I'll uh, finish that thought. Nail says we want an insiders. We all want an insiders episode with Jimmy Hart and Vince chatting. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm gonna make you guys a deal. I'm gonna make you guys a deal. We won't do a whole show like this, but if Joe is up to it. When we have our thousand subscriber show. Joe and I may do a segment with Jimmy Hart and Vince McMahon. Woo! If Joe is okay with that. And, I mean, we'll have to come up with what we're going to talk about. But maybe we can do that when we hit 1,000 subs. So that that's all the more reason for you guys to help us get some more likes Woo! and subscribes uh, on, the, on the channel. Joe's just giving me some... Uh, some laughing, crying emojis. <laughs> okay. Here, here's, here's one more shout for me with Jimmy, okay? 
he he used to love to aggravate the announcers back in the day. I want him to irritate Corey Graves. I would oh love for goodness. Jimmy to come out with the megaphone and go after Corey Graves. <laughs> that would be fabulous to me. Oh my goodness. We got we got to figure out what Jody can do on our um thousand sub um show too. We got to come up with something for you and for Jody to do on that um on that episode. So, um uh, if you do impressions Jody, let me know. But if not, we're I'm going to come up with something and it's going to be fun. So, we're we're going to have a lot of fun with that. I'm, I'm uh, with that, think about that. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Joe apparently is all in for that uh, segment for uh, Vince, <laughs> for Vince and Jimmy Hart. So, um, so yeah, that's that's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, oh, she says, "How about I do Abby's in my British accent?" There yes. you go. Yes, for the win, for the win. There you go. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to know well in advance so I can not talk for a few days. And, um, and not have anything planned for the next couple days after that, because I have a feeling that my voice is just going to, just going to die. <laughs> it's just going to be gonna, done. I'm going to obviously have to do somebody who's really Southern, <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, uh, wrestling days fan, uh, for number 1000, uh, maybe I could be the podcast Eva Marie. Oh, and and we can pretend I'm there, and then I'm not really there, and and I can't wrestle, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about that? And you know what? What? You know what would be really really cool? What is if you if we got you? Here's here's the thing: we get you to cut a promo as Eva Marie. Mm-hmm. It would instantly be better than any promo that even Maria's ever It cut. would last about three seconds. That's still better than... <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing, kind of. I'm teasing. I, I am teasing. Um, no, I, don't... <laughs> I want to do the thing where she tries to introduce Gen- Ginger Mahal and she's like, "You're, you're n- this is Ginger Mahal. Like, oh my God. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, Jesse Callen can apparently do a Vicky Guerrero. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, man. Excuse me. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. Okay. So we've got about two minutes left. Um, so, uh, Brandy, I'm going to, well, actually, we don't have anything the rest of this week, which is probably not a bad thing. Um, being that I am beginning to pack um, and all that good stuff. So nothing the rest of this week, but we will be back Monday with a fresh episode of Abby's Window. And uh, I'm really looking forward to what happens on SmackDown tomorrow night. Um, Me too. So, you know, and that honestly, SmackDown has been killing it um, lately, but uh brandy any any final thoughts on um on jimmy hart before we sign off here i just strongly encourage you guys to go back and and watch some of the things that we've talked about jimmy hart did write a book 
I have been able unable to find it. I would think it would be one of the funniest reads that you could find in a wrestling book. I mean, there are some that are that are pretty funny, but I I think his would just have to be amazing. I w- I wish I could find it. Uh, you know, look it up, see what you guys can find. Um, and I I just think he's one of these amazing over the top characters that you're never going to forget. You're never going to forget. I mean, how many times, you know, to somebody my age or, or Joe or you, Jeff, remember him throwing that megaphone in the ring uh, yeah. to help, to help one of his guys get the win, you know? Yeah. And I, I just think like Sherry, he's another one that I don't know if we're going to see another one of those. You know, yeah, you may I, get something similar, but but you're not gonna get you're not gonna get it. You know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's only only one Jimmy Hart. And, there is only one Jimmy Hart, and what um, an amazing life for a man yeah. to go from being kind of this teen idol in the '60s to being this iconic character in wrestling to have a a, a years and years long business relationship with one of the biggest wrestlers in wrestling with Hogan, you know, being able to, to be on television shows and make cameos and movies. And, and he's still, he's still huge in the, in the wrestling convention scene as well. Yeah. You know, absolutely. That's aside from the legend stuff and the behind the scenes stuff that he still does with WWE. So, yeah. And he, again, guys, this man is 77 years old. And he's still he's still kicking it. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Absolute legend. And uh, if you guys don't know a lot about Jimmy Hart, go check him out on the WWE Network. Look him up on YouTube. Um, because the man, I mean, he truly is a living legend. And uh, he's done so much for the business. His fingerprints are all over the business. So, um, so yeah, go check him out. But again, if you haven't done so already, folks, uh, like and give us a comment on this video. Let us know what you thought of this episode. If you have not subscribed, please do so. Please subscribe to us here on YouTube. We are inching ever so closely to 900. And uh, I think we're at like 876 right now or 877. So we're getting close to 900. And then that final countdown will happen uh again if you would like to take us on the go we're on just about every single podcasting platform you can imagine we're on anchor spotify breaker google podcast apple podcast overcast pocket cast radio public and uh yeah um just absolutely just absolutely uh thank you guys for all of your support uh nails says Great episode. Love all the knowledge. Thank you, Brandy, for all of your research. Um, thank it's you guys. So much fun. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, enjoying this show. And I mean, hopefully in, in our goal with this is to maybe maybe tell you something that you hadn't heard before um, and maybe, you know, spark an interest where you um, where you go and look look up some more information on uh, on the people we cover in these episodes but um brandy thank you um thank guys you. before we go 
want to let you know that we may have some changes in scheduling for this show. Uh, but we will finalize all of those details and get that back out to you. Um, we're going to, um, going to do a powwow and, uh, and let you guys know what we come up with. But, uh, again, thank you for all the support. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Thursday evening and enjoy SmackDown tomorrow night. Should be very good. And, uh, we're all looking forward to it. So, what do you say, Brandy? We do this again next week. Absolutely, and we'll talk about the legendary Mr. Teddy Long. Holla, holla, player. Yeah. Holla, holla. Holla, holla. Holla, holla. All right, players. We'll talk to y'all next time, and we'll put you in a one-on-one match against the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Till next time, y'all. Have a good night. Talk to you next week. says I just whipped your ass. Rest in the game, JR. Rest in.